0: Welcome in Saints fans it's week 14 of the season getting ready for the New Orleans Saints 5 and 7 taking on NFC South rival Carolina Panthers who are 1 and 11 coming into this noon start here in the Caesars Superdome. I'm Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak on first take. Uh, it's been a rough go for the black and gold of late, Jeff. Obviously, sure the uh, the losing skid needs to come to an end today against a divisional opponent who has obviously been struggling big time this season.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that is uh, that is true. That is very true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's the the atmosphere in the stadium has been a big conversation, a big talking point all week, and you know, part of it at this point is a little, I think it's probably a bit of an overreaction in the sense, like, the season's not over, you got five games left, you have a chance to go out and make a statement over the last five games. You do. Whether people believe that or not, you do. Um, that all changes today. If you can't go out and beat the 1-11 Panthers. It doesn't, it doesn't answer a lot of questions in terms of what you need to answer over your final five games, but if you go out and lose, it answers the only questions that matter. Dead. It, it, like that's the end. I'm sorry. Right. Like we can talk about mathematically they're not eliminated yet. If you can't go out in your home stadium and win this game and frankly win it convincingly, then I don't I mean it's just hard for me to to me to sit here and tell you that there's a lot of positivity. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to stick a fork in them yet, you know, like there is there's plenty of examples of teams you know, middling their way through the through the meat of their schedule, and then at the end of the year they get hot. They figure things out, um, and the, the, the Saints still have that type of schedule in front of them where they can for sure. tune up a little bit and figure it out for the final two division games and, and make a statement. But it's got to happen today. Like there are no more chances left for you to come out here and lay a dud, like you did in week four, like you did in week seven. Like, you got to come out here and win a game, and you got to, you know, if you, if you want the fans to go out there and be hot and to, and to not come out of it being like, meh, then you got to gotta do something to prove that to them. You have to show them why they should be excited, right? This can't be another repeat of the Bears game where, you know, you clearly were the better team in that game. You, sh- you, you should have won that game, but somehow at the end, you had to, you had to claw it out. You know, it's like just at a certain point, just go out and show your fans what they should be excited about. And that's that you really need that to happen today. Or you might see a repeat of last week.
0: A big I don't want to say I guess not a surprise, Jeff, but it was definitely interesting. And I guess encouraging the news on Derek Carr, Saints quarterback, being able to clear the concussion protocol. And we're fully expecting him to be under center, obviously starting for the Saints today.
2: Yeah, he actually does not have an injury designation. Um, they, they removed that. Right, he was questionable initially Friday. Yeah, so the, so he's dealing with, you know, and, Yeah, we, we'll hear from Derek. <laughs> we, have, we have the interview with Derek uh, that he did with the pool report um, on Friday because he didn't get cleared until after the media session. So right. no one actually got to talk to him until the afternoon. He was kind enough to do a phone call interview, so we would at least get some information from him. But uh, yeah, so he's dealing with a rib injury. He's dealing with the same shoulder injury. Every time he's listed with a shoulder, it's the same shoulder injury. It's the AC joint sprain that he's been kind of uh, maintaining, right, all through the season. Um, and that was never expected to keep him out. Neither was the rib injury, uh, and but it's the concussion. And what Dennis Allen said was early in the week, you can kind of get an idea of how significant the concussion is, how how long you might be out with that. Um, And they got a good indication early in the week that he wasn't necessarily, that the concussion wasn't severe, right? Like That's what I think a lot of people don't register when it comes to the concussion protocol is not all concussions are created equally. (laughs) But when you have concussion symptoms, you come out of the game regardless. And you won't know until, you know, the next few days what that level of a concussion is. Um, But I think he mentioned Chris Alave last year in the sense of Like, they knew pretty early in the week that this was a pretty significant concussion, and he probably wasn't going to play. Now, this year, Chris Olave had a concussion. He was able to clear in a week. Derek Carr was able to clear in a week. Um, And so that's kind of where you're at. But, yeah, I mean, it's good until it's not, right? Like, it's a good thing for the Saints the same way it's a good thing that he was able to play in Week 4. But I think if you go back and you watch that Week 4 game, it was pretty clear that he was, if nothing else, somewhat limited by that shoulder. I don't think... You go out and put on the performance that he did in that game if you were at 100%. So, you know, that's what I think you got to watch closely today is, you know, how hurt is he playing? He's a guy who prides himself on not missing games, being willing to play through stuff, but how much is that affecting him? Um, and I think when you look back at week four, you could say, yeah, that was definitely affecting him. Hopefully, you don't see that today.
0: That's one thing you got to say for anybody, obviously, that's been critical of Derek Carr, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve that. You got to give him a ton of credit for here for being pretty darn tough to be able to be- come back the next week after what we saw him deal with. I just think it's pretty, pretty impressive. I know the guys get paid big bucks though too, so not many folks are going to feel that sorry for him. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to accuse him of being
2: soft. Exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, I, but like as... he could easily have said, you know what, I could, I could sit this game out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, that's just kind of not in his DNA. Um, but, you know, no one's going to give him any sympathy <laughs> if he goes out there and looks like he's a guy playing hurt. And either. the
0: first pass is an interception. Right,
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, and you know, that's on the team. That's on everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, so hopefully hopefully, he can, you know, and, and that's the problem is, like, everyone comes out in these games, and then that first possession has so much weight on it. And if it goes badly, it's like, here we go again. You know, Night and so I just think, air. like, the ability to go out and just have some success on that first possession, even if it's a field goal, even if you just get, just get a couple first downs and get in the field goal range and score, I just think the, the mentality around the building, in the, in the seats, is a lot different than when you go out, and particularly what happened last week.
0: <laughs> We're pretty familiar with these Carolina Panthers. Get a little more insight with the Scouts Notebook. Mike D. joining us, Mike Dettillier, right after the break here on WWL. Be back with more First Take. Call from Mom.
1: Answer it.
0: Welcome back into First Take. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak as we gear up for a noon star. We are currently inside the Caesar Superdome getting ready for Saints versus, versus Panthers. We're hoping to welcome in now Mike D'Attelier, Mike D's Notebook brought to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System. And, Mike, it's an NFC South showdown here at home. Doesn't have that same, you know, illustrious feel to it because of records right now. But we know the Panthers are always pesky and a problem. Uh, Bryce Young, their quarterback, the rookies had struggles this season. Obviously, uh, year one, not, not been ideal with just one victory under his belt. What have you seen from him so far, though, from week that week two matchup? Has there been much progress in the rookies' game?
4: Yeah, Steve, he's playing like you would see normally rookies play. Uh, The problem is he's getting compared uh, to the outlier in C.J. Stroud. So, man, there's a lot of heat on on Bryce in Carolina. Uh, But uh, he's really struggled with being able to find the receiver's downfield. He struggled with that. And it's almost as though he's feeling phantom pressure uh, that's sometimes not there. Now, if you've been sacked 44 times, you understand. There's a little bit of being shell-shocked uh, in that pocket. Uh, this is a guy that wasn't hit like this, certainly in college. Like most top quarterbacks, you know, they aren't kind of knocked around like this. And it's important, cast... Uh, is, is not going to uh, make an all-star team. So he has really struggled with finding open receivers downfield. He's a little hesitant in the pocket to make that throw. He won't scramble around. He's not what you would consider a runner. Um, Archie Manning and I talked about this last year that Archie compared him to Fran Tarkenton and that Fran wasn't a runner in the NFL. He was a scrambler. Now, he drove you nuts because you couldn't catch him, uh, but he would run around to buy time for his receivers to get open downfield. And I think that's a good comp. But he doesn't have a lot around him, Steve, right now, and he's struggling like most rookie quarterbacks are in this league, where he'll flash it from time to time. He'll get streaky where he'll – throw three or four really good passes, and then all of a sudden he gets to that lull They can't protect him. I think the one thing now, uh, since they've made the coaching change with Frank Reich not being there, I think they're going to try to go back to what was um, a good formula for them last year, and that was to run the football and to run it more with Chuba Hubbard. So he struggled – And, man, he's going through the growing pains, which 98% of rookie quarterbacks go through uh, in this league. And he's catching a lot of heat. And a lot of it having to do with the fact the comparison is, well, why isn't he doing what C.J. Stroud's doing? Okay, I've been doing this over 35 years. Uh, There's probably just maybe two guys that have done that at that level as a rookie in the NFL.
2: Yeah, and you know, what you mentioned there I think is interesting because I went up and looked this, looked this up a couple days ago and that over the last three games, the Panthers are, I think, ninth in the NFL in rushing attempts. They're averaging about 29 rushes a game. Oh, but over the season, that number is about 25. I think they're ranked something like 24th in the NFL. So it's a clear shift, not only in running the ball more, but I think as this season has gone on. I think people forget, like, the Panthers went out and paid Miles Sanders. They gave him a real contract. I think it was four years, $25 million. You go back to week two, Miles Sanders was the guy. He was getting, I think he had 14 carries. Chuba Hubbard had two carries. Well, you look at it last week, and that flipped. I think Chuba had something like 24, 25 carries, and Miles was taking the back seat. And I do think it's interesting to see that backfield flip as the season has gone on, and it kind of tells you just how limited Miles has been in, in terms of what they were expecting. But you know, what should the Saints be looking at in Chuba Hubbard today? My my see what I see on him is just a more physical kind of downhill guy. But what is your read on Chuba?
4: Yeah, Jeff, um I think that was money ill spent on Miles Sanders, I'll be honest. Uh, they were really looking for because last year it was Dante Foreman, who was a big, thick, physical back. Man, you're not getting that with Miles Sanders at all. Now, Chuba came into the NFL more of a speed-quickness guy. Uh, Oklahoma State runner, uh, not used much as a receiver. And now you've started to see – that he's put some weight on, he's physically gotten stronger. I think he runs much better between the tackles today. He's always had that element to be able to turn the corner and man, once he gets in space, he can kick it out into another gear. I think the biggest improvement with Chuba Hubbard, though, to be honest, has been his ability to catch the ball. He's got 28 receptions today. He's never had 20 receptions in the NFL in a season. And the other part about it is the most carries he's had in his NFL career in a year is 172. He's up to 143 now. So you can see that Carolina has made a shift, and he becomes the number one guy for them running the football. But he's always known as a speed-quickness guy, not used much in the passing game. But now you see a little difference now because he's really worked hard in the weight room, physically gotten stronger from the waist down, and he can catch the football pretty good. He didn't catch the ball much in college. He didn't catch it much early on in the NFL. Man, I I like Chuba Hubbard, uh, and I think he could be a guy – that could get that 20 to 22 touches a game for the Panthers and Sanders be the number two guy. So the Saint's better get ready today because I think the Panthers, having watched film of what's happened over the last three or four weeks, think they can run the football on the Saints.
0: Well, Mike, definitely someone the Saints better watch out for is uh, def- defense, on defense, Brian Burns, a guy that uh, we know is going to be coming. Derek Carr, you know, dealing with a multitude of injuries. That old line better protect him from a guy like Burns. Six sacks leads the Panthers uh, this season. Uh, someone that they haven't gotten around to paying yet, but certainly uh, a dude that's in line for a pretty big payday.
4: Yeah, either with the Panthers or somebody else. I mean, um, because a lot of Panthers fans are, wait a minute, Uh, who are we paying here? You said for us to be, you know, patient, but what big-time offensive player we got we paying? Okay, we got a rookie quarterback. Uh, We overpaid for Miles Sanders. Uh, We don't have a star receiver or a tight end. Our offensive line, uh, we got some young guys up front. Who are we paying? You know, on offense, that we can't come to terms with Brian Burns, who's one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL. And he, he has missed some time this year. But, boy, when he's on, he's on. And you better put a hat on a hat on him. Because, man, he comes around that edge, and he's got a nice uh, array of uh, move, counter moves to get by you. He hasn't had the sacks that he's had in years past tackles for losses he's been able to grab that i think he's the intrigue player for the panthers not only for today but what they do in the future because he's the one guy that maybe you could recoup draft choices for you paid a lot to move up to get bryce young and now i think you've got some difficulties coming up with terms with Brian Burns. Do you deal him off in the offseason? Most likely you'll see him put the franchise tag on him, um, probably try to cut a deal. If not, then you're going to get a lot back in return. But, my goodness, man, he has got some moves, and he's a long, lean guy who knows how to use his arms and hands so well to get around uh, would-be blockers. And then his foot speed. From point A to point B to get to the quarterback is fast. You better get rid of the football and quickly with Brian Burns turning the corner. I think he's one of the top four pass rushers in the National Football League. Uh,
2: we'll see if the Panthers uh, will pay him like one of those top four or five. I mean, I think the other, the other element, when you go 1-11 and, and you're looking at your third head coach in three years, you start to ask the question, like, is this where I want to be? You know, and you're starting to have that ability yeah, to be like, me mm. out!" <laughs> yeah, right. Back you know, me out. And, and just kind of going, you know, there's another player that the Saints didn't actually see in week two. They have seen him in the past. I know he picked off Jameis Winston at least once in a in game, I think 2021. But, you know, it's a J.C. Horn, you know, a guy that Saints fans would be familiar with that name. Uh, but, you know, he's one of the top corners in the league, and they didn't see him in week two. So what should Saints fans be expecting uh, from him today?
4: Yeah, you know, one thing with J.C., I mean, he's prototypical. If you were to build a cornerback for the NFL, he would look like J.C. Horn. He's a long, lean athlete. He's got really good initial skills to mirror a, a wide-out downfield. He catches the ball quickly in flight. I can't teach that. No coach can You've got to have instincts to be able to do that. And he finds the ball very quickly and slight. Now, for J.C., he's had a kind of a myriad of injuries that he's fought through um, since entering the uh, NFL from South Carolina. But, man, he is a really good uh, one-on-one guy downfield. He's, he plays the ball like a wideout. And he's gotten much better in the run defense department. Yeah, again, the Panthers have some pieces on defense. The problem have been, especially secondary-wise, keeping them healthy. Uh, They were picking people off the street to kind of play for them because they had so many injuries in the secondary. But J.C. Horn is a keeper and a really good football player. I would think – you know, if I'm the Panthers, I kind of line him up against Chris Olave all day long uh, to see what will happen there. Uh, because, uh, you know, I want my best cover guy uh, on Chris. Uh, even though Chris might not be 100% healthy, he showed last week his ability to get open, make a play after the catch, and, and find a nook in a cranny downfield that he can beat a defender. So interesting matchup today, J.C. Horn and Chris Olave.
0: Uh, Mike, another one on defense you want to look at uh, for this Carolina Panthers squad that's been really tough. That guy in Frankie Louvu, what can you say about him?
4: Man, Frankie's a guy, uh, he was born in American Samoa, goes to Washington State, and I thought he had a good college career there. Um, He was active. He's around the football. He was a little bit of a hybrid player. And I think for some teams, they didn't know exactly where they were going to play him. He goes completely undrafted, which still is shocking to me uh, that he didn't get picked at all. The Jets signed him and he was a backup guy, but a core special teams player. Uh, The crazy thing about it is the Panthers signed him in 2021 after three years with the Jets. He had only started eight games uh, in three years. Last year, he started 14 games, 111 tackles, seven quarterback sacks, four pass deflections, and a pass interception. This year, he's up to 90 tackles. He's got three-and-a-half quarterback sacks, but guess who two are more against? The Saints in the first meeting. It looked like uh, there were two Frankies out there. He is a really instinctive, smart football player, uh, rarely takes a false step up the field. He has gotten better in his ability to come off a block in run defense. Man, Frankie Luva is a really good football player. And for Jets fans, they were, wait a minute. Didn't we see this show already? Uh, because his career is sort of mirroring a little bit of Mario Davis, uh, who spent time there and kind of bounced around the Jets and the Browns and has had a really good, certainly, career with the Saints. And now Frankie's doing the exact same thing in Carolina. I think he got kind of caught up with a lot of front seven talent with the Jets, wasn't able to showcase it. Man, he's a good football player. Uh, I, that's the best compliment I can give him. He knows where the ball is and he finds it, he's active, and uh, he's an up the field guy. He's never been great in coverage, he's been more above average, but boy. Uh, you got him playing run defense or rushing the quarterback, he is really good. Uh, And money well spent on the Panthers. Now, I couldn't say that about most of the guys on the team that they paid, but
2: I can say that about Frankie. You know, know, Mike, one more thing before you go. This Panthers defense, as you're talking about it, it's kind of fascinating. You're looking at a defense that is the number seven ranked overall defense. But that's, you know, the number four ranked pass defense largely without J.C. Horn, who I'd argue is probably their best defensive player, at least in the secondary. But then the number 23 rush defense and the number 31 scoring defense. And, you know, it's interesting because the Saints are without Taysom Hill today, obviously a huge part of their rushing attack. And so I'm curious, how do you see the Saints kind of filling that? I don't think there is a next man up. Like, you can say next man up, but there is no next Taysom up (laughs) in this offense. So how do you replace that part of the rushing attack, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a goodie. Uh,
4: Because, uh, as you pointed out, there is no next man. And nobody in the area code, as far as Taysom Hill's concerned. The one guy that I'm intrigued, and we have not seen it at the pro level, but it would be Lynn Bowden because of the fact I know what he did in high school and college, he was a wildcat quarterback. He played quarterback running back wide receiver. He played in a slot. He played all over the board. Now he is not a power runner. Like Taysom is. I mean, but there are very few of them like that. He is more of a speed quickness. Make you miss guy. Do they use him in that role? Because Lynn's done it before. Now, He hasn't done it at the pro level, but he did it in college. And everybody who saw him at Kentucky saw just how effective he was uh, as kind of a dual threat quarterback. Do you uh, give him an opportunity here to maybe fit a role where he would get six, seven touches? Or do you expand the role of Jamal Williams? Because so far, he's really been a disappointment for him at running back. And I know early on it was some injuries, but, man, he's made little impact on this football team uh, at that running back position. And we always know kind of the straw that turns to drink with this team is Alvin Kamara. But who becomes the next guy? And I think you've got to split that up maybe a little bit with Jamal. And do you have a role here? that you've kind of fixed in with Lynn Bowden Jr., who did a lot of that in college. Now, again, he was no power runner by any stretch. He was more of a speed, quickness, make-you-miss-out-in-the-open-field type guy. So does that kind of role expand for him on this football team today where you can kind of carve a niche for yourself? Always appreciate the
0: time. Be talking to you even some more when we get to the Bud Light countdown to kick off. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Mike. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. Getting really amped up here on first take. Me and Jeff inside the Superdome right now. Getting ready for a noon start between the Saints and Panthers. Always a tough NFC South bout. We'll be back with more first take after the break right here on WWL. Back here on first take as we get ready for Saints versus versus Panthers. A noon start right here on WWL Saints radio coming up at 10 o'clock. The Bud Light countdown to kickoff with the Cajun Cannon that will roll right into kickoff here in the Superdome. It's a high noon start Uh, as we get ready for the matchup. Here's what Alvin Kamara Saints running back had to say as the Saints look to snap their skid against the incoming
3: Panthers. I'm not. I'm not upstairs to say that. Oh well, this game is gonna make or break it, or the next game is gonna make or break it. It's just something you're aware about. Like you know, like well, we got to be in here. And I, I, Mark told me this a long time ago. Cam told me this a long time ago. Uh, Craig Robertson, Coon, John Coon. Like the only way we all stay here is if we win. Everybody from the person, the reception is at the front desk to the equipment room. You know what I'm saying? So. Obviously when you're not winning there and there's an alertness to be like, okay. Well, damn like anybody it's, we could all be gone. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of my standpoint and it's like I, I that's why Every Sunday I try to do everything I can because I feel I do I do feel like we got the right players in here to win You know what I'm saying I feel like we got the right t- locker room I don't feel like there's a problem with our locker room so like whatever I can do to help and try to you know Make sure that we all stick together and stay together. That's what I'm gonna do
0: Every game is must win. The players are smart; they know who you're playing. This we have one in eleven team. Does this feel like more of a must win
3: than other games that have been must win? No, I feel like every, for me, I feel like every game is must win. Now, obviously, the reality of this game is, you know, the goal is to win every game. You might lose some, but um, I'm not looking at this game like, oh, they're one in eleven; we've got to beat them. I'm looking at them like it's the Carolina Panthers, it's the next opponent, and it's also a division opponent. We need to do what we need to do to beat them. You know, like, they're not going to come in here and lay down, so you got to work for it. Going back
2: to the booing thing, the fact that it happened in a home stadium,
3: like, yeah, is that's, that
2: more surprising?
3: That's what I'm saying. I've never experienced anything like that, so it sucks, but you know, I mean, whatever reasons that the fans are booing, they have their reasons, and I mean, it's, I guess, you know, you play better and it, it, it fixes a lot, so yeah. we just got to We got to win. I I'm not even going to say play better. cause that's that can be taken a couple different ways so I just I just think we got to win yeah I mean um me personally if it, if it's me speaking specifically to that I don't like it you know I mean I don't really respect that you know but I can't tell the 60,000 some people how to feel they feel how they feel you know I'm, I'm sure like we all we're, we're all grown in here Derek heard it we all heard it we knew what was going on it's not like we're oblivious to it so i'm not gonna act like oh what are you talking about they were bo-. i know what happened I, I i was there for it and i've never experienced anything like it i don't like i don't like it i know Derek that that that's not something that he like but um we gotta win we, we win you know a lot of and this is another thing i learned a lot from mark ingram it's a it's a lot of conditional it's, it's conditional you win it's great you lose it's booze you, you fumble, it's boos, you score a touchdown, it's yeah, it's like, so, I mean, winning puts a band-aid on a lot of that stuff, so we just gotta, we gotta, we gotta um, stop the booing slash bleeding.
2: Did Mark talk to you openly about, I mean, he was well aware that he was the guy that the fans chose as the target of
3: that? Oh, yeah, man, you know, <laughs> man, Mark, they didn't like him for a long time. Yeah, 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 I think, I, I think he was, he was aware of that, so. I think his his approach I, I, it kind of influenced me uh, my approach with this and I, I mean it's it, there's no knock on the city like I love this city love the fan base but you know like there it's a passionate fan base so you know a lot of a lot depends on you know the Saints winning and doing well and the players performing and when we're not and you know when, when we're not or when there's an individual player that's not like it's they gonna, we gonna hear it and that's that's what that's a part of the job like that's what comes with the job it's part of the uh, part of the duty you have to you know. Put had a flirtily on your helmet and and you know wear that black and gold. So um, everybody's different. Like you know, I, uh, shoot, I, I I done had some times. Like I mean, I know last year people was ready to hang me for, for the uh, 49ers game. But like you know, it is what it is. Like you got to deal with it. Like you just got to go out and, and try to put your best foot forward every every week and and come out and perform and, and you know represent the city.
0: Ironically, you know, on the game where he's getting booed a lot. He was three for three in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the team was with him under center. Yeah, and then he started the drive where he ran four
3: for four. Mm-hmm. So, do you think um, he responded well in a way? I mean, yeah, he still got to play. Like, yeah. he can't just be like, come to the sideline and be like, "Coach, they booing me. Let me go sit down." Right. But you he know,
2: get, he could
3: get so frustrated. That <laughs> yeah, he, he get, could get frustrated, but he still. I, I think he's still a professional. Like, right. that's why I'm. That's and and that's what I want to say. Like, man, I'm not gonna sit here and act like it didn't happen. You know, like we know that the fans were booing Derek, but what is that? What like, what do that got to do with what you got, what you, what's your job description is? It is what it is. Like keep going. I'm gonna keep playing. Like, and he kept playing. He did what he had to do until he obviously got knocked out of the game, man. Um, I think he's aware of it, but I don't think it's something that's going to change his play as far as like prevent him from doing his job, trying to perform, uh, perform his job to the, that's his ability. Yeah. I was wondering if he thought maybe in some weird way he sharpened his. Um, I, I could. I don't know. You got to ask him. Maybe it gave him like a little superpower or something. <laughs> no. if, that, if, if that's if that's the case, they need to boo every. Everybody just boo every, boo me too. I want to see if it, if I get some abilities. <laughs>
0: Saints running back Alvin Kamara talking there about the matchup coming up against the Panthers, and also about the booing last week in the Superdome, and obviously so, it was a bit of a shock for everyone to see. Hear and see the amount of Lions fans that were here.
2: Yeah, I mean, Alvin made a good point. We should be, we should be looking at the receptionist play and seeing how they can be better. <laughs> you know, I thought that was good. But, no, I think he makes a good point there. It's like you, you got to win. If you, want, if you want things to go well, <laughs> if you want people to, to get behind you as a team, it's like it doesn't matter whether you think you're playing well or whether you are playing better. If you're not winning, it doesn't matter. No one's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Derek actually played pretty well in that game. Like when you go Which and look really at the odd, stats, right? he, he completed like the 16 of his last 17 passes for 220 yards and a touchdown. They went three for three in the red zone while he was in there, right? He completed a touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham in the red zone, right? That was the big critique It's like he can't get get it done in the red zone. Yeah. Well, in that game he did. doesn't matter. You lost. You didn't get it done. And, you know, I think that's kind of where, where Alvin's coming from there. It's like... You know, these are all adults. You know, like Derek understands the situation. He's not gonna go over to the sideline and pout because they're booing me. That's not something you can do. Um, but you know, it's it is funny, and you hear Alvin, and Alvin's been here for a long time, right? He's seen the highs. Now I think you're in a low right now, and it's funny. It's interesting to see kind of the veterans and how they handle it versus some of the younger guys who weren't here for the for the you know the 2017, the 2018, the 2019, right, 2020. Um, and, yeah, you got to get back to that.
0: Our Oakland Hard Jewelers Rolex time check, three hours and seven minutes. till at noon start right here on Saints Radio. Got to get the new orleans saints taking on the carolina panthers a pretty big matchup for this black and gold squad looking to get back in the win column we'll be back with more first take after this break here on wwl who dat welcome back into first take steve geller along with jeff noah good morning who dat nation getting ready for a noon start here inside the caesar superdome Woo! new orleans saints trying to snap that losing skid hosting a 1 and 11 panthers team there are going to be a few players who are not available in this matchup. Jeff, we didn't touch on that to start the show. Uh, thankfully, though, Derek Carr
2: is not in that mix. He is not. And we're going to hear from Derek next hour and in the interview David did with Luke Johnson of the Noah.com. But, uh, yeah, Taysom Hill reportedly will be out. He's dealing with hand and foot injuries. Uh, Dennis Allen said the foot injury is the more significant one in terms of limiting his availability. Um, Beyond that you're talking about Isaiah Foskey who re-aggregated that quad injury. Dennis Allen confirmed that in last week's game. He missed several games with it. Came back. Anytime you re-injure the same injury, that's obviously not a great sign. So we'll have to watch him going forward. He will not be available today. Cam Jordan is expected to play. Um, Running back Kendra Miller is the only other player that has been ruled out right now. He's missed several weeks with that ankle injury. Dennis Allen said that the Healing has stalled, I think, is the, is the word he, he used. And that's disappointing because he has been out since the Bears game, and he got hurt on a 31-yard catch and run, right? So, like, he has been explosive, and you're, you would love to have explosive players on the field today. Rashid Shaheed it's another guy, questionable, thigh injury. Um, doesn't you know, I would be surprised. He didn't practice all week. Typically, when guys don't practice, you don't get out there, unless you're a veteran, like a Cam Jordan, who is expected to go. So those are kind of the names. Obviously, Pete Warner, I expect him to go. Blake Groupie is questionable with that groin injury, but it hasn't kept him out yet. He's full practice participant all week.
0: And they got rid of that practice squad
2: kicker. They did. So that's
0: a good sign for Groupie, yeah.
2: obviously. The other guy... Chris Alave dealing with the flu. Um, he's, he's expected to go. I think it's more just like they kept him out of the locker room all week because they didn't want that flu going around. Uh-oh, we Alave saw. flu game incoming. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, he, he was at the facility on Friday. He's expected to be good. And then there's a few guys who went to IR. Nick Saldaveri went to IR. Monty, not Monty Rice. Monty Rice was signed as a linebacker. Yeah. Malcolm Roach went to IR, and Marcus May went to IR. The other guy you just pointed at, Jawan Johnson, questionable, but I expect him to play.
0: Yeah, that was another one I saw this week leading up to things. jawan has been another dude that obviously had a bit of a letdown season and uh, just been dealing with injuries too, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, but it's not even like the injuries are one thing. You know, the availability is one thing. When you get opportunities, you have to make the play. He is that type of player. He is a piece of this offense that you're relying on. You just haven't seen it yet. And so, you know, you got to get more out of him. (laughs) You know, last week was a nightmare game for him. Hopefully he can bounce back today. We'll be
0: back with more First Take after the break here. Our Saints bake. definitely going to get into some sound from quarterback Derek Carr, who will be in action today after making it through the NFL's concussion call. Be back right after this here on WWL.